Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive in June. Olive in June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hi, I'm John McEnroe. I'm Bjorn Borg. This is Martina Navratilova. I'm Mats Wilander. I'm Stan Wawrinka. I'm Leighton Hewitt. I'm Andy Murray. And you're listening to The Tennis Podcast. Hello and welcome to The Tennis Podcast, brought to you in association with The Telegraph and with Eurosport on day three of the Wimbledon Championships 2017. David and I are back in our homeland at the heart of the press area here at Wimbledon. It's where we like to stand so that we can doorstop people as they walk by, so that we can tell you what players are walking past, we can hear all the announcements, we can basically just be pests around yeah. the place it's a, it's a personal speciality of mine opportunistic pests yeah definitely absolutely I'm all over that uh, so talking been, of pests they've been <laughs> flying around today haven't they it's been flying ant day at wimbledon and i don't think i always note when flying ant day is it's like i always note when the first like proper hot day is of the year the first day when it's over 20 20 degrees and sunny in the uk and that's a real marker a real benchmark for me flying ant day i don't think it's ever been during wimbledon before and i think what? it's because it, it we moved a week later this year david law didn't know what flying ant day was no now i'm all over it he was very confused by hashtag flying ant day it's yeah. a really big deal basically means you can't properly enjoy being outside because there are flying ants everywhere. I quite enjoyed it. I mean, if I was playing a tennis match today, it'd be almost like, you know, you've got a few friends, pets. It was quite an issue for the umpires and line judges and ball boys, and I'm sure for everybody sat on Henman Hill as well, because, I mean, they really are unpleasant. They don't bite or anything, but they are just deeply unpleasant. I think that's really cruel. I think they're all right. All right, then. Well... You'll have to wait another year to see them again. Sorry, oh, David. Okay. I think they're like mayflies. They only live for a day. Do they? Certainly they disappear after today. They Maybe they all go and hang out somewhere together. But or do they not become like normal ants who just sort of wander about? No, I think they're like transformers. They become flying ants and then... This is supposed to happen. It's supposed to deteriorate like this at the end of the podcast, David, when everyone's fallen asleep or, or tuned out. We're not supposed to descend into flying ant it's talk this early. It's an integral part of the day tennis though today isn't it anyway enough of that what happened on court what happened on court well where do we start real contrast to yesterday today it's all about the tennis isn't it really fantastic matches we've had starting off first and foremost surely we have to with joe contour against donna vekic 10-8 in the third three hours and eight minutes on yeah. court i think you said after that match this could be the making of joe contour and not necessarily the making of her generally because she's already made but the making of her here 
at Wimbledon yeah, that and was, in, in the eyes of the British public. That was the sort of match that, that sends you beyond just being a tennis player that people within tennis circles know and tennis fans know. I'm sure it, I mean, everybody who listens to the tennis podcast obviously loves the sport and wants to know about what goes on and will have heard us banging on about her for the last two years. The wider British public, I think, would have heard her name or seen it in a paper or heard about her on a sports bulletin or whatever it might have been. They might have seen the odd appearance that she's made on things like Jonathan Ross and various other shows like that. But she's not had a Wimbledon moment. And what I mean by that is one where she has been involved in an epic where the chances of her going out are quite significant and yet pulls through it in a, in a, in a three-hour match like that. That's what happened to her today. It, it got to a point where it was mid to late afternoon. There would have been a lot of people watching that, hearing fifth seed Joe Conta with GBR next to her name, thinking, crikey, that was cool, and I'm going to follow her progress from here She's on. hard as nails, isn't, he? because, isn't she? Because it was so clear that her right arm felt like lead during yeah. the latter stages of that match. It, it was written all over her face. It was written in, in every one of her shots. I mean, it was that was tough. She was pretty much going on instinct at the end there. We were watching it in the Five Live green room. It was very clear that Donna Vekic was the looser of the two. And it, we were all sort of waiting for Vekic, the less experienced player on that sort of stage, to crumble. She didn't do any crumbling, yes. Conta won through in the end. But it wasn't because Vekic flaked away. I was very impressed by her today. And Conta just hard as nails. She's gnarly. I love it. Yeah, she is. And she didn't flake away. You're right. Certainly mentally, Vekic was in there till the end. Her talent was there for all to see. My goodness, what a difficult player she is when she plays as she can. That's what we have discovered in her win in Nottingham over Joe Conte. That's what we, dis- we, we were reminded of again today. However, what I do feel is that we saw the athleticism, the incredible physical specimen that is Joe Conte today. Not just the mental strength of her, but the fact that she trusted in her own body to outlast Donna Vekic. That's what happened in the end. She broke her down, I felt. Right at the end, Vekic couldn't quite hold her level and I don't feel that was a mental letdown as much as physically Conta is just a machine yeah she is a machine and and to think that a few years ago that we would have been saying that about her is extraordinary Caroline Garcia is just walked past as she won today didn't she did she she looks very happy. I hope she, she looked she looked very happy, so I think so. Have you ever done one of those interviews where you interview someone you don't know actually whether they won or lost, and then you sort of ask one of those really open questions and sort of hope that they tell you what the result was? I've seen it happen in press conferences with less open questions and it not go particularly well. Yeah, well, we just had the announcement that Marcus Willis and Jay Clark have just been brought into press. They won from two sets to love down to win in five, so they've won in the doubles. And they've got second headline, sub-headline billing on the tennis podcast. We haven't talked about any other results today besides oh, Joe Conter. Well, we were gatecrashed by the woman who announces Marcus the, the players. You know. We were. Uh, should we talk about the other things that have happened today? Should we stick with the women's for a while, or should we do it by court? You do it as ever you like, Catherine. Whittaker. Well, I have watched Venus Williams guts her way through on court one today. I don't know how she fought her way out of that battle with Kian Wang. Kian Wang, a great player, really solid, really gutsy, lovely striker of the ball, but doesn't have the weapons to hurt Venus Williams on grass. Venus Williams is clearly struggling clearly struggling to to maintain her focus to get fired up you know her her box were willing her on throughout that match she had patches where she got fired up and then obviously she just couldn't stay dialed in which is what 
was necessary and somehow she found something within her to fight through that match you know every time you thought she was in the ascendancy she got the yips on serve as she started spraying forehands about eight feet wide and yet somehow she won through 6-1 in the third it was not as easy as that deciding set scoreline let on she she was in a fight today and she now with Petra Kvitova going out, something we will dwell on, David, because she was your Sorry, pick for the title, is on. the only former champion left in the women's draw. Yeah, yeah, she is. Uh, Venus Williams, the only former champion left. <laughs> and um, no, I thought she she did what she needed to do, but it's going to take a heck of an effort for her to come through this draw. I don't see it in the in the mental condition that I suspect she's in right now. I mean, it's, I'm only I'm only sort of guessing, but but I just can't see it. Uh, Petra Kvitova, well, she struggled physically at the end of her match today against Madison Brengel, who, uh, as anybody who listened last night will know, held a koali with uh, Catherine Whitaker uh, some months ago. And so maybe that was the inspiration it's for It's becoming Madison a bigger Brengel. and bigger name drop by the day, that, isn't it? The fact that I held a... Well, not held a koala. I don't want to be arrested it. by Victorian authorities. Because it's not allowed. Because it's not allowed. I did not hold that koala, no. as, so as first off. stated. I touched the koala with Madison Brengel. Yeah, stroked his Simultaneously. head. Simultaneously. There we go. Um, and Madison Brengel is now into the third round of Wimbledon for the first time, having beaten two-time champion Petra Kvitova. I don't think Kvitova's come into press yet. I don't think we've heard her explanation of what was going on physically because it didn't look like it was an issue with the hand. She was having her blood pressure taken. She was having her heart rate monitored. It looked more like, I don't know, illness or... Yeah. It, more could, like could, illness than injury. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I mean, it was incredibly hot today. She hasn't played that much of late. This is all a bit new. I mean, I, I may, maybe the occasion also got to her. Who knows? I mean, as you say, she hasn't been in just yet. Um, look, hands up. I was wrong. I thought she'd come all the way through and win the title, uh, given the form she'd showed in Birmingham. But she was not that player today. She wasn't. And, and I'm really pleased with Madison Brengel. She's a very understated, underrated player. But in terms of the story, I know we're biased in the media because we love a story to talk about. But who would have, wouldn't have enjoyed seeing Petra Kvitova win Wimbledon this year? I'm sure she will win another Wimbledon. And, and it will be an immensely emotional thing because whatever happens now in her, her career, she has come back from the most extraordinarily huge and horrible challenge, I think, that... That, are, that anyone's facing at the moment in tennis, really. So it's not about today. It's about the bigger picture. But it's a shame. Yeah, well, it's she was very clear in your pre-tournament interview that she feels she's already triumphed. This is her second career. She can't quite believe she's managed to make it back out there. And she, I, I actually believe her that she's, you know, she wants to win tennis matches, but she's just enjoying playing tennis. So. And she's enjoying leaving your predictions in tatters, David, as am I. Yeah. Marin Cilic won today. Yeah, he did. Didn't he, he gave you a few hot so, palpitations at the no, start no, there. No, 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 no. No problems at all with Marin Cilic's form. I'm perfectly happy with the serene yeah. manner in which he dispatched Florian Unfortunately, the man that you're predicting that he will beat in the semi finals, Rafael Nadal, was also. Pre- well, actually, there was nothing serene about him. His progress was serene. But in terms of the way he was playing, it was. <laughs> it was terrifying. I know. He looks fitter than a butcher's oh. dog, doesn't he? He looks like he's been chained up eating raw meat ever since the French it's, Open. It's brutal. It's brutal what he's doing to his opponents. Poor Donald Young, who puts his... Who, well, I don't know whether it's him that's doing it or whether it's just one of those 
self-perpetuating errors uh, on the ATB World Tour, but the notes and the websites and everything list him as six foot always and have done throughout his career. He is not six foot tall. He is not six foot tall. He is at best five foot nine, which is a perfectly no, respectable height. How do you know this? Have, have you had your tape measure out next to Donald Joe? I've seen him stand next to six foot tall players and have look you? approximately three inches shorter. Have you taken? How do you know that they're not six three? Have you? How do you know? So you're suggesting all other heights in the notes are wrong, and Donald Young's is the one that's right. Anything is possible. I want to take Donald Young to one of those shops where you've got the little sort of giraffe with the, the measurements next to it that kids stand next to. See if we can get one that's six foot tall. I'm See sure that's a feature he'd be delighted to take part in. Donald Young, we don't believe you're six foot tall. We'd like to take you to a kid's shop to measure you on some kind of giraffe-based... Height chart. Height chart, great. Anyway... You started it. The debate is over here, David. He's not six foot tall, and he looked every inch is five foot nine <laughs> against the beast-like Rafael Nadal today. We're going to have a poll vault. Is Donald Young I six foot tall? I think I'm being tall? generous with five foot nine. Yes or no? I'm running that tonight. Right, move on. Anyway, Rafael Nadal looks imperious, yeah, is, is the bottom good. line. But I mean, from a Marin Cilic perspective, you know, uh, it's not over yet, and uh, there's still a long way to go before that clash happens. Rafael Nadal, you know... He does look brilliant. Uh, he looks scarily good. And, uh, yeah, I mean, who knows? I mean, it's going to take some stuff. If he carries on playing like this, it is going to take something seriously good to stop Rafael Nadal. Anybody. Yeah, I agree. Even even, even Roger Federer. Even Djokovic. That form the today made me quiver in my boots a bit with my prediction of Federer to beat him. It in, is the in intensity, the isn't it? It's, it's the intensity that is going about his work, not just the way he's hitting the ball. You look at him, and it is almost a little scary to yeah, watch yeah it's mesmerising it's, it's intimidating yeah it is completely mesmerising what did you make of the form of Andy Murray today you commentated on that match for five live very good I'm impressed yeah. he's really exceeding my expectations he looked like Andy Murray today yeah he did he did what we expected him to do to be fair against uh, uh, Dustin Brown Yes, in, in terms well, of how the stars match up, in terms of how Murray en- enjoys showing up these yeah. showboaters. He loved it. He absolutely loved it. And, and Andy Murray's much more of a show-off than people think. He, he might not do it with a big smile on his face the way that Dustin Brown does, but his eyes light up. straight-faced show-off, he a poker-faced is. show-off. He, his eyes light up at the opportunity either to make a crack in an interview with a straight face or to hit the most absurd-looking passing shot on the run. Um, which he did a number of times today, or to drop shot the guy who's just tried to drop shot him. You know, he, he loves to to be a bit of a peacock, but quietly Quiet so. Peacock. Yeah. Speaking of which, Caroline Garcia has just walked past us again in the opposite direction. She thinks she's just loitering around in hopes that we'll invite her on. Yeah, well... She's not being very subtle about it, forget is she? It, forget it, Caroline. All right? Have there been other any other... I don't mean that. Results Caroline. of note. Yes, they have. Heather Watson, 6-love, six 6-4 six against Anastasia Sevastova. I didn't see that coming. Wasn't it 6-love, six 6-4? Six six Did I not say 6-love, six 6-4? Six I think you said 6-1, six 6-4. Six my four. head was saying 6-love, six 6-4, six yeah, and well. my, my mouth didn't Anyway, didn't it was ball. emphatic, wasn't it? Extraordinary win for, for, for Heather Watson, on paper at least. She went, and, and I also think because she went 6-love, 1-love up, with, I think with a break, um, and then she went 3-1 down. Yeah, and we all went, uh-oh. Yeah, but that is a cracking win. It, I, I mean, I have to, I had the Watson an apology because I thought that I saw the scoreline, 6-love, and I thought Sevastova must have been injured. Yeah. I, I, I was looking on Twitter to see if there are any reports of Sevastova 
being injured, and it, and it wasn't that. Heather Watson was just great. She was superb. That that's that's up there with as well as I've seen her play. And uh, now and it's she come gets out of nowhere. It's come out of absolutely nowhere. She was down and out. She was written off. She was being criticised for lack of motivation. Incidentally, she had an interesting comment to make on the subject of Bernard Tomic. Perhaps not in defence of Tomic yesterday, but more in sympathy she said I get that she said I don't feel motivated every week you can't yeah. mo- magic motivation out of nowhere we're not all machines well I, d- I interviewed her after her first round match for Five Live and, and, and I said you know you, you do seem to produce your best stuff here and is it sometimes the case week to week that it it's not that easy to feel the way you feel here and she said yeah it is I I, I, I I can't help but be excited to be here. I'm just so chuffed to be on the court. And, yeah, the, look, I think we, it was so quick to make judgments on players' motivation levels, their excitement levels, how nice it is to be a tennis player, because it is on paper. I mean, look, you get, if you do well, if you get inside the top 100, you get paid lots, you get these nice hotels, you get shipped around the place. But that's not for everybody. And maybe some of these players... They either need to manage their time differently so that they don't have to feel like they're on that treadmill all the time, or maybe they have to do something else or have a big break. It's, I don't like the idea that it should be one-size-fits-all and that all players should react the same to, to being a tennis player. That's I entirely it. agree with you, but then we were giving Bernard Tomic an awfully hard time yesterday, so we how does that not, fit not in? Not necessarily that hard time. I, I think there's an understanding about that the problem with him is that it's difficult to know where to draw the line because some of his things he says in public it's just not on it's just not on but is is it the fact that he says it in public and others don't I don't know I agree with you Tomic wasn't on yesterday I'm not I, I don't want to reverse my position and now defend him I'm just saying it does seem like there are grey areas there there are real grey areas and and if it hadn't been for Tomic saying the thing he did about taking the tactical injury timeout just to mix things up which is for me a clear violation of the rules or a clear abuse of the rules that's the only sort of clear area where he brought the game into disrepute if he hadn't confessed to that would we be looking at it in a perhaps more sympathetic light I don't know look I seem to be talking myself into a defence of Bernard Tomic which is not what I intended to do I do I was immensely disappointed in what he said yesterday and I agree with everything Pat Cash said on uh, the BBC One BBC Two highlight show last night with Claire Balding saying it's just a total disrespect to the game to every one of the punters that paid to be in the stands to watch him and Misha Zverev play. It's a disrespect to Misha Zverev. Anyway, this is yesterday's action. I, I'm, I'm talking myself around in circles here. I think the point is made. I, I, and I Heather Watson it. will now play Victoria Azarenka. That's there will be one, no lack of motivation no. anywhere there. Will That's going to be high-octane stuff. That, that should be centre court, shouldn't it? That should, should be, be a centre court will be. match. I would think. What you know. could bump that off centre court? What's there going to be? There's going to be well, Venus Williams, Naomi Osaka. I'd like to see that on centre. Well, the, but alas, they only allow one women's also match ever Joe on centre in the first is, is week. Is also going to be playing that day. So this is and my Venus point. hasn't been on centre court no. yet. So why should they? Maybe there should be two women's matches. Well, there should, of course be, there should be. There should be two women's matches. It certainly, every other day. it certainly shouldn't be a hard and fast rule that there will only ever be one, which is what it seems well, just, to be. Just put four matches on. Yeah, but court. but they like the stadium. The stadium to be full don't they 
They like to do things their own way. There was actually a very good article in The Guardian by Hannah Wilkes uh, about this. You know, Wimbledon made a statement saying they pride themselves on having full courts, full show courts, and that is why they start play later, so that they don't have an empty stadia at the start with people having a leisurely lunch, which, to be fair, is something that the French Federation get criticised for big time in Paris, with Philippe Chatrier court often being pretty much completely empty at the start of play but I think that's sort of a limp excuse for what is basically completely sexist scheduling well, it, it might not be motivated by sexism but it is well, the th- facts of the matter are it is I think one of the problems is that the men's game is best of five and the women's game is best of three and actually time wise if you look at it two best of five set matches and one best of three set match probably fits into a, a time block yeah fine so better. make some sacrifices in the name of equality start play earlier yeah no I, I couldn't agree more certainly in terms of that but I don't think there's a problem with adding an extra match anyway no me or, neither absolutely not close the roof add an extra match today a on court number one there were two women's matches and a men's match uh, what are, you've just finished yeah but they there. never do that on centre no, well okay maybe, maybe they will this week I, I don't maybe know they will. I so don't remember them doing that too much on okay, court so one okay so what are we going to have we're going to have Murray against Fanini we're going to have Rafa against who not necessarily Rafa I mean he might play court one no 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 I mean the matches that we're going to have in two days time yes. the scheduling decisions they're going to have to make who, who will Nadal play sorry I'm putting you right on the spot Can't here remember uh, I'm going to look up the draws. There'll be Murray against Fanini. There'll be Nadal against somebody that I'm about to look up. There'll be Venus Williams against Naomi Osaka. There'll be Heather Watson against Victoria Azarenka. And there'll be Joe Conta against... Can't remember. <laughs> it's going well. OK, while I look up who those two people are playing, you tell me who you'd put on centre court, assuming that it's going to be two men's and one women's, because it is going to be, because well, that I ain't would, changing any time soon. I would soon. put Heather Watson against Victoria Azarenka. I think it's a cracking match. I think Watson has played brilliantly in the first two rounds. I think Victoria Azarenka is a, a returning top player, former world number one. I think that that is an absolutely cracking match that everybody wants to see, and I think it absolutely deserves top billing. Um, I would be curious to see who the other two players Hatchinov. are playing. Hatchinov against... Nadal plays Hatchinov. Oh, right, that's interesting. That's quite a good match. I think which that's our a friends one match, on though. the other tennis podcast, which shall not be named, think could be an interesting match and Hatchinov could challenge Nadal. And this isn't just because they're part of a rival podcast. I completely disagree. I really think Rafa's going to eat yet another opponent for breakfast. Yeah, the, the other podcast is called No Challenges Remain. Oh, David. And uh, I, I, I also disagree. But, you know, that's, what, that's the beauty of it. OK, we can name them as long as we disagree. Just keep talking, David, because I'm just looking up who Joe Conte so, plays in the next round. Andy Murray against Fabio Fanini really interests me, incidentally, because their record is three wins apiece. And all three wins that Fabio Fanini has against... Sandy Murray have been in straight sets he thrashed him on clay in Rome and, and I, I've just been into Andy Murray's press comments and I found it quite interesting hearing him talk about Fanini my goodness he rates Fanini he, he says the guy can basically hurt you from everywhere on the court and and that if Fanini's interested in interest incidentally Fanini did an interview live on five live what a charming guy he was when he was on form in that particular interview and if I don't know what his grass court game is like I've never seen him play on it but that could be a really cracking match that and Certainly could, could be. be in trouble Joe Conta plays Maria Sakari of Greece who came through 6-4 in the third against Christina Pliskova Sakari coached here I don't know how long term the arrangement is or how formal but she's been coached here 
by Mark Petchy. Yeah, that's an interesting element to it, isn't it? Mark Petchy, who's commentating as well, I think, for the BBC. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, that be very interesting. I think we're going to agree on this. I think with those matches, obviously there's others as well, but those are Who the standouts. Who's playing? She plays Naomi Osaka. I love oh, the yeah. look of that match. I think what you've got is Murray Fanini, Watson, Azarenka, and Nadal Khachanov on centre. And then I think you've got Venus Williams against Naomi Osaka, Joe Conta against Maria Sakari, and one other men's match, TBC, on number one court. I'm tempted to put Joe Conta, uh, sorry, uh, Heather Watson against Victoria Azarenka, Andy Murray, and Venus Williams on centre court. Yeah, I'd love that, but they're not doing that. Well, that's what I'm doing. I'm predicting, I'm not saying what I'd do. Okay, well, maybe it'll happen. We'll see. Well, all to come. Maybe the organisers will listen to the tennis podcast and realise that we should basically just be in charge of all of tennis. I think we've covered off the key points from today. If we've missed anyone else off, we always get told if we miss someone, (laughs) don't we? And we try and make up for it the next day. Or we try and make up for it when we're looking ahead to their next match. We do try and make up for it. Uh, have I missed any Brits that won today? I don't think no, I have. No, you got all three of them. Bedene won. won. Oh, yes. I have missed one. Oh, I'm so sorry. And yes, Bedene won. Did Luca Pui win? He was in trouble. Oh, now he was two sets to love down, wasn't he? Um, and he was against a big Yerzyanovic. Uh, yeah, Yerzyanovic won that match. He did right go then, through. So Luca Pui's gone. He continues to disappoint me. I think he's great. Why can't he start doing better? Sorry, Lee. Sorry, Luca, but... You've disappointed Catherine Whitaker. That's far more important than losing at Wimbledon. Uh, and Alias Bedene was great. There are a couple of very quick talking points I want Damage to cover Juma, that we're did. going to get in trouble for on Twitter if we don't cover number one, Daniel Medvedev oh, yeah. and his behaviour. He had a big fallout, didn't he? He had a big old fallout. He lost to Ruben Bemelmans in five sets. He was two sets loved down. Came back and levelled it at two sets all. He was a break-up in the fifth. Ended up losing. Threw some coins onto the court. And then in press afterwards said he regretted his behaviour but tried to blame it on the fact that it was hot. Yeah, I mean, it did... (laughs) He said, I shouldn't have done that, but it was really hot. If anything, it seemed like the whole occasion. And, I mean, he's been in trouble before, hasn't he? He seems such a mild-mannered guy off the court. Yeah, but his hero's Marit Safin. Right. Well, seriously, it's like the guy just sees red mist and it was a hot steamy day today he was it was not going well frankly he lost the plot out there and he admitted it afterwards he said i don't know i don't know why that happened but it, it happened i'm sorry about it but yeah, he, he, he seemed at a to loss to be fair really. he did apologize and he did say he'd be looking for the umpire who i can't quite it was a female umpire i can't quite remember who it was but he did say he'd be looking for her to apologize uh, he did have quite a go at her there were five overalls that went went against him and he took massive issue with that there was no hawkeye on the court that he was on took issue with that and ended up uh, in the moment of defeat throwing some coins onto the court we don't know what that means we think that maybe in russia that's some sort of sign of, of immense disgust or anger but well he, he was he was at pains to say it didn't mean anything specific because I think certain people were reading certain things into it that could be particularly uh, grave accusations so we won't go oh, into I have I genuinely yeah. haven't read any of those yeah. I, ju- I just was thinking why coins rather than anything else why yeah. use the effort of digging some coins out yeah. it's Anyway. It's already bad enough. You've lost in five sets without throwing your money away. Not his greatest moment. Not his greatest moment. Just one final talking point from today's matches before we move on to a couple of other things. Joe Conta's loo break. 
Yeah, in, that be- was about eight in between the second and the third sets, we'll be yeah. accused of British bias if we don't cover this. What's your position on it? Well, I don't like it, and I, I, I feel. I mean, look, it would appear that she's allowed to do it. Lots of players do it. It happens. I don't particularly like it. I really don't. And we've been talking about Bernard Tomic, and I'm certainly not trying to level the same accusation at her. Um, she needed to go to the loo. She needed to maybe change the dress. It was. It was. She did match. change the dress. Yeah, she, so she came back I, on clutching. I get all that, but I do feel that they they basically need to say, right, you know, oh, you're off to the loo. Okay, stop watch on. This is how long you got. Get back here. But hang on a second. There are extenuating circumstances. There can be. What if she had a period, for example? That's something that no one will ever say in broadcasting. But what if she had a period? You need probably need a bit more time to do whatever you've got to do in that sort of situation. Well, I'm you not tell me. Sh- I don't know. I'm not sure it's as simple as just saying two minutes do your business I, I, that doesn't feel right to me I agree did what it hap- feel right today? no what happened today didn't feel right to me it didn't but I don't have a solution because I don't think a, a stopwatch is the solution I don't have one I'm sorry I'm, I'm please if you've got some suggestions then let me know I, I agree there is an issue I just haven't heard a realistic or comfortable solution yet no, I'm afraid I can't provide you one either because you make a valid point. Should we move on then? Do. Uh, should we talk a little bit about IBM Watson again very, very quickly, sure. David? Because today, IBM Watson, the I only do this because I like to say the words artificial intelligence platform. You've been saying it just off air regularly throughout the day, haven't you? I mean, I've, I've noticed that's It's this artificial in intelligence platform that the Telegraph have enlisted to help them gather immense quantities of data and analyse them to help gain an insight into tennis. And today, the data is on the subject of pressure and players, how relatively they deal with pressure. And this is measured in how many tie breaks they played. Essentially, the bottom line is how well they play the big points. And the big points are considered to be match points, set points, break points. I mean... The big points, essentially. Jamie Murray did an article about it in The Telegraph today, as he is on all of these debate points that Watson, IBM Watson, is throwing up. His feeling is that Rafael Nadal is the best pressure player in the game at the moment. Discuss, David Law. Well, another one of the the factors that is measured is um, break points saved. And I think that's a, a good one. Pete Sampras is way out in front on that and you can understand why I mean not only does he have a huge serve or did he have a huge serve his ability to deliver it second serve and and just not get broken was 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 second to none throughout his career I do feel I can you know look at that one but then current are, players because I would agree with you well, Pete, Sam- second Pete Sampras is is who came to mind for me because my sort of abiding memories of Pete Sampras were that a player could play the match of their life against him, scrap for a whole set to get one break point, and then an ace comes down, and it's yeah. over, and they're heartbroken, and what? there it is. And he would do that time after time after time. But then you look sort of anecdotally at Pete Sampras's career. I don't feel as though you could highlight a moment in his career that, say, is an equivalent of what Andy Murray had to put up with here at Wimbledon four years ago when he became the first became the first British man to win Wimbledon in 77 years coming out to serve for the title and to end that period of history and Fred Perry and all that maybe he needs to be looked at as somebody who handles pressure because of the sheer weight of it on his shoulders in this particular country it's not I mean I'm 
Peter Sampras had a slam of his own in the United States. So he's an American player, but he won the US Open almost before life became stressful for him. He won it at the age of, of 19 when he, when he won the US Open. So There's got to be a big shout for Serena Williams, hasn't there? Yeah, huge. Absolutely. I know she's not here, but I think she still counts as an active player. She's not retired, oh, she's so yeah. she's very much an active player. Very much an active player. What about Martina Navratilova? Well, yeah. How many titles It's more difficult win? for the women because they don't have the enormous serve to run. It's all, uh, I was thinking about Pete Sampras and then I thought, well, it's, all, it's an awful lot easier to save a break point if you've got that big serve to rely on, especially mentally. It must feel, be so reassuring to know that you're, you're probably 50-50 guaranteed a cheap point if you are staring down the barrel of a big point. So it's an awful lot easier for for the men I think and the men that have a big serve so I think there has to be a big shout for Serena Williams although having said that she has one of the biggest serves on yeah. the women's tour so that kind of helps too uh, th- this one uh, I really feel strongly about this one Mr Resilience Novak Djokovic who won some of his Grand Slam finals when in an atmosphere that was so for his opponent. And I'm thinking particularly when he played against Federer uh, in the US Open final, I think of 2015, and when he won the title two years in a row here. The sheer love and adulation and the, the, the desperation for a crowd to watch Roger Federer win another Grand Slam title. How lonely must that have felt for Novak Djokovic? I, I, I have no idea what it would have been like to be in his skin. And we've talked about it on the podcast before. I, I've said, how does he not explode and say to them just just leave me and alone I wish he you would what? I wish he would no, I know what? it's impressive that he doesn't but we won't go into it now because we have discussed it so many times but yeah I, I agree with you and I it would it would be heartwarming in but a way why should he why should he won the title he won all three of those finals he withstood that pressure he said to them all right 23,000 of you inside the Arthur Ashe Stadium and Roger Federer one of the most talented players has ever lifted a racket in his life I'm going to take you all on I'm going to beat you I can handle the pressure I agree with you all I'm saying is we're now just listing all of the greatest players of all time it's good and of course one of the main components of that is that they're very good at handling pressure Uh, if you want to have your say it's hashtag what makes great if you want to have a look at the raw data which I'm almost certain my brother does in fact I know he's been looking at it all week he loves nothing more than data IVM Watson we've got a new name for him right up his alley yeah nerdy math it's his fa- the favourite nickname he's ever had. Awesome. I, I had to check he's with him. I had to ask him through you whether we were actually and allowed I to call him that, didn't I? reassured you that he would consider that the most immense compliment. And he does, don't Nerdy you Nerdy math it is. Nerdy, yeah, so no, Nerdy math will be going to ibm.com forward slash Wimbledon to check out the data. The Telegraph are doing all sorts of articles to analyse the data themselves. You might not agree. I think we disagree quite a lot of the time, don't we? But that's the whole point of it, really, isn't it? To yeah. throw up debate about hashtag what makes great. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hello, Tennis Podcast listeners. David here. Now, you might know that I love a bit of cooking, and I think I'm quite good at it. But if I'm honest, even I get fed up trying to work out what to do every night. That's where Home Chef comes in. Being able to put together a delicious meal without the long prep and the cook times, well, that's pretty cool. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. They have over 30 options a week and serve a variety of dietary needs so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering Tennis Podcast listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and, of course, free shipping on your very first box. Go to homechef.com slash tennis. That's homechef.com slash tennis for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right. Should we have a little look at the order of play for tomorrow, David? Go on, then. Well, I was hoping you'd... you'd say a few more words while I unravel the bit of paper that I'm clutching <laughs> yeah, well, in my I, I microphone I, hand which has the order of play on it yeah I do well you unravel that what I do know is that centre court starts with a British player and that British player is Kyle Edmund I don't think he's ever been on the centre court he hasn't court and I uh, it's a great match Edmund Monfils I'm not sure they've done him that many favours by putting him on centre oh, court oh he'll be alright I do think you? he'll be great yeah do I you? think he'll play well I really do I think I he's got a chance he of winning on another court, I would have thought you'd have had a chance of winning. But I'm just a bit a nervous for him on centre court. I, think I he's really good on hope court. you're right. I I'm hope you're right. You. He just looks stressed to me at this no, tournament. He looks well, stressed. Well, I know what you mean. Look, he's had some upheaval. I think he's, he's changed coaches, hasn't he? Yes. Or he's no longer well, with Ryan he, Jones. he's between coaches, yeah. yeah but I, I feel that he is going to come out onto centre court, kind of not got too much to lose. I mean, he's the underdog in that match. Don't forget how hard this guy hits the ball, how good his forehand is, how simple his game is in many ways in terms of this is what I do, deal with it. Grass is not his greatest service, I don't think. He no, likes he the ball to sit either. up. Yeah. But I would, I would be hopeful that he'll put on a really good performance. I am too. He's followed on to centre court by Karolina Pliskova against Magdalena Rabarakova. Pliskova's winning the title, so she's definitely winning that match. And then we've got Federer against Lajevic, and I think sure. that could be an eating again. You're that sure about Pliskova? P- pretty sure, yeah. You've got no leg to stand on, so don't challenge me, David. Uh, Lajevic, eating for breakfast. Federer. Coco Vanderwey has still got a... Anyway. No, what do you mean still? Um, so, still since well, an hour and a half ago no, when Kvitova be- lost. Because Kvitova out effectively van der yeah, steps yeah. in as my new favorite Lievich, for the breakfast federer yeah uh court number one pavlashek Djokovic, breakfast yeah breakfast uh dominic team gilles simon oh i like good. it that's a good i one. don't know whether which way that's going simon's not had a great year but team doesn't look that comfortable on the grass oh, although impressive on. yesterday against well. pospisil yeah he did well yeah, against pospisil i was disappointed in the the pospisil challenge though and then angelique kerber against kirsten flipkins upset alert Every Former time junior Kerber champion plays, I think we need to give Is the woman a bit more credit. I think, I think Kerber no, is going to... I'm mostly saying that because 
Kirsten Flipkins was a semi-finalist here. She's a junior yep. champion. She knows what she's doing. I think that Kerber's just starting to, to get it together a little bit. Okie doke. Court number two, Dimitrov Bagdatis. Ooh. Ooh, Ooh. I want to go and watch that. I would have put that on centre. Do not disturb go. David Law for the first two hours of the I would day. have put it on centre, or at least court number no, one. But there you go. Radvanska Mikhail. Radvanska was good yesterday. I watched her against, I can't remember who, Onstrabur. No, it was Kuznetsova against Onstrabur. They're all blending into one. Katie Radvanska Bolter was against was Christine Mikhail. very Mikhail. good. Uh, Raonic Yuzhny. I think Raonic is going to be okay. Wozniacki Peronkova. Peronkova, like a, a sort of weird grass court specialist. Yeah, that she's capable. Pops up once a year and. Um, and Wozniacki's does never. Damage. Wozniacki's never reached the quarterfinals. Elsewhere, uh, David Law's quarterfinal pick, Makarova, takes on countrywoman Kuznetsova Del Potro Gulbis. Gulbis thinks he's winning that. I saw some great quotes from him earlier. Does he? Yeah. I don't think he is, but anyway. Uh, Muguruza Wickmeyer. I think Muguruza's got that TFO Zverev hashtag next gen. Yeah, you, people are starting to tire of us saying that. I know. I don't care. Hashtag, hashtag next gen. If you're tired of us saying it, I don't know what you think about the ATP World Tour website. <laughs> um, Doody Seller, John Isner. Isner's coming through that. Burdick Harrison. Oh, no. can, we, can we just get a photo at the net between yes, Doody please. Seller and yes, John please. Isner? Yes, uh, please. Christina Kucheva, <laughs> Tamir Bashinsky, Shelby Rogers, Lucy Safarova. I'm not going to go through them all because we're still in the second round and there are so many matches. There's doubles happening. Murray Suarez. Oh, my last bit of business. Jamie Murray is playing mixed doubles with... Martina Hingis. Well, that's good. It's good, isn't it? I'm, I, I, I think that's really cool. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, interesting. Love it. Uh, that was your day three tennis podcast from Wimbledon. We'll be back tomorrow, of course. I've been Catherine Ritika. He's been David Law. Telegraph We're both working for BBC Radio 5 Live. I haven't finished yet, David. All right, get on with it then. Yeah, little face. We're brought to you in association with The Telegraph and with Eurosport. Speak to you tomorrow. Bye. 